This is the Skulls of Wrath Heavy Metal Podcast, presented by thejoyofmetal.com. Visit thejoyofmetal.com for more. This is Pat from Sabathon. Hey, this is Brendan Small, creator of Metal Clips, and you're listening to Dale. This is uh, Satchel from Steel Panther. Randy, the singer from Lamb of God. Ted from Amon Omar. Liam from Dillinger Escape Plan. This is Max Cavalera from Cavalera Conspiracy. Hey, this is Chuck Billy from Testament. This is Francesco Paoli from Flash to the Apocalypse. Dino Cazares from Fear Factory. This is all of Summer Force, and you're listening to Skulls of Wrath. Hi, hello, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Now, what you hear there, that intro there is the first time anyone is probably hearing that. Brand new. Right at this second, uh, might suffer a few tweaks before we're happy with the final result. But we are pleased to be with us. We are transitioning over to thejoyofmetal.com. Everything from Skulls of Wrath will be over there in short order. All the interviews that we've ever done will be will be coming at future podcast episodes. We'll revisit them all as well as if we're up for it do new ones but we'll see how we go today of course i have an interview with anton carbonin who is best known for his work as a founder and songwriter as well as guitarist i guess for a nitpick for the finnish power metal band beast in black now for the uninitiated these guys are a finnish power metal band with a bit of uh, glam and, and sort of euro pop influences as they Strive to make out their signature sound. Now, speaking of sort of the genre of power metal in and of itself, those unaware, I say, as I said, the uninitiated, this essentially means sort of presents itself as a fast, melodic, relatively light guitar that I guess drives a lot of the songs and accompanied at times by typically higher pitched, uh, so-called clean singing. A lot of time, and then, and in this case, there, of course, the pitter patter of synth keyboards to accompany it all. Now, if you're still not, uh, yeah, you're still on the fence about these guys. Just think Scandinavian power metal five piece with screaming guitars uh, and insane vocals. Of course, they help dress in black leathers and sing about gloriously epic things. Well, uh. Those gloriously epic things, of course, are pulled from the pages of Japanese anime and or manga, or vice versa. Uh, one particularly by the name of Berserk. Now, spoiler or heads up or uh, uh, newsflash. It's the terminology people use these days. I hadn't heard of the Japanese anime uh, Berserk or manga before getting into this band. And I have been a fan of this stuff. I've been really digging this stuff for a number of years. So take that how you will. Uh, but judging by the various YouTube comments out there, you know, uh, apparently the Berserk connection appears to be, you know, well enough received. Or at least is a welcome, unexpected surprise, you might say. So, I mean, in terms of YouTube comments, can't wish for much better than that. Now, the band recently, well, at the top of 2019, they released their second studio album, From Hell With Love. As I said, that is out now, that is doing very well for itself. And it comes, of course, the release of that album comes, of course, hot on the heels of their 2017 uh, band debut, Berserker. But it is from this new album, From Hell With Love, that has led to the interview that you're about to hear 
in a very short second. Now, before we jump straight into the interview, just a quick heads up, maybe a bit of extra info to help transition things along. But during research and, and sort of getting to know the band, we sort of have a bit of information, a bit of prior knowledge. Now, Anton, our subject today of this interview, essentially, my understanding is he is the creative force behind this band. It is his interest in uh, the influential source material, I guess, if you will. It is sort of his drive, musically speaking, um, that has sort of uh, sort of uh, pointed the sort of direction to a lot of the of, of what you're hearing. And the same thing sort of goes with his time with his previous band which was called Battle Beast not confusing at all when you're trying to switch between talking about Beast in Black and Battle Beast uh, but I mean in terms of his sound and what he's aiming for and sort of what he likes to produce as a as a, uh, a music person all you really need to do is go check out either of the two Beast in Black records that are out now or the first three Battle Beast albums where he had a large part to play in and you kind of see the connection there, you see what he's trying to get at and what he's trying to achieve. Pretty much out of the gate he's sort of set out and is seemingly doing a good job at, uh, at putting across his vision of, of his band you know, way back in 2012 when they started. But what we're going to do now is go and jump straight into the interview with Anton, thanks to uh, The Joy of Metal com and others but stick around afterwards as we'll have a bit of a uh, uh, deeper dive into the band and a few other things besides anyway this is me Dale speaking with Anton from the Beast in Black all about their 2019 album From Hell With Love hi guys this is Anton from Beast in Black and you're listening to Skulls of Wrath uh, all very fine, thank you. We're doing preparations uh, for the upcoming headline tour and lots of other things since the release uh, release of the album is next week. So there's a lots of promotional stuff and getting ready for rehearsals also and, you know, basic stuff. So busy time, but it's a good thing. Yeah, now I saw you finished up, a, a, I guess, a tour run with Nightwish at the end of last year. Uh, and as you mentioned, you've got your own headlining tour coming up, uh, I guess, at the end of February, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Have you managed to have a bit of downtime? Or, you, as, as you say, just sort of still hard at it behind the scenes and that sort of thing? Well, after the Nightwish tour, uh, I had a few days like off for Christmas, you know, with the family, and that's about it. But most of the time, it's always working on stuff, you know. No rest for the wicked, they say. But speaking of... I guess the history with music, my first impressions of your work was back in 2012. Uh, I guess with the debut album that came out that really did catch my attention. And um, I guess what struck me really was that the sound was that you produced as an album um, and as a band, I guess, was fully formed. I guess maybe is the right word. Such that if someone had said maybe it was your third, second or third album, you know, from what I was hearing, I'd have to believe what they were saying. Which sort of leads me to the question of your musical background, because I was wondering whether you spent years crafting this beast and black sound to perfection, or were you like a, a hired gun in the music business or something somewhere, or 
Was it something else? Uh, when it comes to making music, uh, it's you know, it's always a very uh, personal and solitary thing. Uh, I, I don't really think about too much of anything else. You gotta be in your own bubble, so to speak, when you create something and just and I, it's hard to you know analyze your own like uh, past and things you've done like your work because you always see it differently than the people who hear it after you and you know I've heard all, all the songs so many times in the studio while mixing and while writing so I always feel like whatever I've done, I just want to leave it in the past and it's for the people and I want to go forward like every, all the time to make something new and not to look back too much because you know life's too short and there's so much uh, writing that I personally want to do. So I don't want to w- waste the time. And, uh, but with Beastin Black, it's been great that uh, like everything is being going pretty well, not just the music and i mean the business uh side as well like success wise it's going in the right direction and i think it's the result of uh many things apart from the songwriting of course the songs have, have to always be like uh, good and that's the core thing but every step after that you know building a band and improving uh it comes uh, as a teamwork and you got to have the right team for it. And that is ultimately responsible for your success. And we have a great band chemistry, great management, record label, booking agencies. And, and I'm happy that, you know, with these uh, people, I can still continue writing what, what comes from the heart and, you know, what is, in my opinion, like good music, and people seem to like it. And I don't know if it's like, like improved or not, like songwriting, because, like I said, it's hard to say myself. You know, it's a matter of taste what people like. But, but so far, like it's good. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, no. So now you've got uh, from hell with love coming out. Oh, basically a week away, really. Mm-hmm. And with the, I guess with the debut Berserker, that seemed fairly relentless, kind of in its own way. There's it packed a lot of punches, and uh, you know, for fans of, of your style and for the for the music, especially with the um, singing and the and the guitars and everything like that, it was fantastic. It's basically a pick and mix of everything that we loved. With this one and the singles that we've heard. So far, the two that, that are out there have got, certainly got a more retro feel about them. Um, that sort of 80s vibe going on, obviously with the music video sort of, uh, you know, really putting the tech into that one there. So that's that's sort of basically what you're aiming for for this next record, a kind of more retro, bit more fun in the 80s kind of feel? Uh, actually, there was no aim to make specifically 80s album. It just came up naturally. Uh, well, first of all, I'm always... I have always been a fan of 80s and 90s music. I grew up with that stuff, so I didn't really aim to do that type of stuff. It just happens. And when we were choosing the songs for the album, um, 
it's all about again about the intuition what you feel about the songs what song you like what song you think that should be on the next album and what song could be skipped and and in the end when you have done the selection process you end up with these certain songs and when you have finally recorded and done the mix and you realize wow this sounds pretty 80s the whole entirety but that wasn't the goal actually it's just like we treat every song as an individual and just also try to keep in mind that we want to keep in mind that the uh entirety is uh at least in our opinion enough uh interesting if there's like enough uh how to say different tempo songs different keys different interpretations vocal wise different guitar riffs different keyboard riffs so we just like to have variety there but that also uh didn't mean that like we were thinking about what is it going to be 80s or what you know we, we were just thinking it in a bit different way but yeah it definitely is like very strongly 80s influenced everyone can hear it we also obviously but like i said it was just a natural process nothing was like we didn't agree that okay let's make a cheesy 80s record that never was the issue and never will be because you have to just do what feels natural all right now um when it comes to you, you talked a lot about working with the uh, band and, and by the sounds of things you sort of got a, a, quite a high level of input um into the band i guess certainly creatively are you kind of more of a i, I don't know a mastermind um over a sort of most of the things going on or uh, i know you sort of you're quite heavily involved with the lyrics is that kind of your field more is it sort of or, or sort of more of an umbrella kind of you sort of cover everything uh well i tend to write everything but uh, this was the like music and lyrics but this was the first album actually uh, in my personal career that i co-wrote uh five lyrics with a friend of mine and he wrote uh, one lyric entirely on his own and the rest are than mine so it was nice uh, help his name is uh, paolo ribaldini italian guy who lives here in helsinki finland in the same city where i live uh, we're both uh, fans of berserk uh, manga and anime and it was nice to work especially on those songs uh, when you have someone who shares the interest towards the same thing then it's kind of helps you to work on that field you know, on those lyrics and i'm happy with the results and he is happy and you know it worked out fine and so i definitely considered like working with him again in the future as well for example uh, now you got your music video out your i guess your what you might call a proper music video out you got two from uh from memory you got fly blind and frozen and with for this new record you've got sweet true lies uh -huh. um i was wondering um kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing is it the same actress uh dealing here because they different costumes but it, i mean you know with the lighting and the different costumes and stuff going on i mean it, it could be the same because i had a funny thought of maybe your music videos are following the continuity of the same kind of woman but through different ages of dealing with heartbreak and love issues and all that sort of stuff <laughs> no that was interesting uh thing that you said but actually no it's a different act actress but not nice idea maybe we could do it someday 
like you know to create the story for one character who travels in well is in different like times and but no it it's not the case in, with these videos at least so we we just wanted to do something uh different uh with the second video we didn't want to repeat we didn't want to do plan of frozen number two not the music video nor the song nor song wise so the song felt like at least a natural choice for uh first single because it's we thought you know like for the bigger uh audience for the public what kind of song could be good for that and that kind of felt like it the sweet realize felt since the beginning it felt like that and it's also very it's obviously very 80s like and that's why the music video had to be as well like supporting that theme 80s theme and we made it like totally 80s style and yeah different act actors and actresses and all that but the same production team same director and production manager and cameraman and so it was we like to work with that team it's nice to work with them every time uh that's sort of the i guess a, a, a interesting kind of question from my point of view um now i am i guess to be fair fully engaged with your music as a fan uh and sort of what you're putting out but I don't have that uh, the background of some of that source material with Berserk and the anime side of things. So I was wondering if, in your experience with, with other fans, if you've seen a... Obviously, there's going to be a recognition, but is there a sort of, I don't know, somehow folded in a, a more deeper appreciation of what you're putting together, maybe uh, obviously through the references and stuff, with uh, actual fans of the manga? They just... You see, they sort of lights the eyes just light up, and they're just sort of more fully engaged than, say, a regular metal fan. Uh, well, the whole thing with this uh, Berserk manga thing and anime thing is, it started already for me uh, in 2006 when a friend of mine introduced it. A good childhood friend of mine introduced the anime to me, and and. Ever since I've been writing songs based on that, even the three first Battle Beast albums had songs uh, from Berserk and also now both Beast and Black albums. And, and with time, uh, I've noticed that uh, those songs have reached a lot of these Berserk community fans. And like when we released the second single from the second album from Hell With Love, the die by the blade lyric video and right away it reached so many like berserk fans over the world and that's a great thing it's uh it's already like part of beast and black it's like a very crucial part of beast and black actually since even the band's name beast and black is mainly inspired uh, by the manga manga's uh, character uh, two characters actually the black swordsman and his inner demon which is beast of darkness so i was thinking like about this like the black swordsman plus beast of darkness mm, well what can you get well beast in black obviously so that's how the name was born and, and it's a very fascinating story 
the characters are very fascinating because they're very human. Uh, the author was not afraid to show the best and the worst of them. Uh, in good and bad, you can see their human like uh, features and it makes them very alive and you start to see through their eyes and that's how you can relate to them and that's how i get inspired by that and that's why i still write about that um i was wondering did, do you get the um other guy on a tour bus and all that do you get the other guys uh either watching or reading uh some berserk and some of the other things as well to give them sort of you know like a understanding a sort of a foundation of 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 what we're what you're dealing with uh the they know the manga and anime, I mean, by the name, but they don't know the story except for Yanis, our singer. He has uh, read, I think, few books, two or three or four, and he's watched the anime. But I, I wouldn't say that other guys are really like into this. Uh, at least, apart from me and Yanis, the rest, rest of the guys don't really uh, share the interest towards Berserk at all, but... Uh, it's totally fine, you know. I'm never force feeding like this to anyone, and that's actually uh, why uh, that friend of mine, Paolo Ribaldini, was uh, nice to work with on the lyrics because he actually, you know, has read all the books. I just recommended him once. Hey, have you checked Berserk? Do you know it? Because I write songs about it, and if you would be interested in writing lyrics and and he checked out the anime and all the books, like, and he he likes it very much as well. And the thing is that he also has uh, a past with anime. He is he grew up with watching certain animes, so he knows more or less from that anime culture and shares his like interest towards that. For example, Fist of the North Star. It's also one anime uh, on which. One song is based on this album. It is the opening track, Cry Out for a Hero. And Fist of the North Star originally, like original title in Japan is Hokuto no Ken. And a friend of mine, Paolo Rivaldini, ha has watched all those animes uh, before I even knew him, before we even knew each other. And then we just talked one day that, hey, wow, we both lo love that series. And so... You gotta just, uh, if you wanna work on something, you gotta find a person who genuinely shares his interest towards something. So, and I, I like I said, there's no point in like telling the band members, okay, we have so half of the songs of the album are about this. You have to know the story like perfectly. I don't think it should go like that. You know, it's just it would be unnatural, and like everyone has their own. Uh, things what they like um, and we're all fine with that so all right thanks for listening to that interview then as i previously mentioned that this is i guess alluded alluded to this is kind of a rehash of uh, something that was already out there um but uh, everything that we that i have done all these interviews that i've done over the years has been a good number of years i started out on radio in 2006 it was for the for the better part of a decade following that so uh, a lot of the interviews that i've done over the years that i still have sorted away somewhere will become future episodes uh, brought to you by thejoyofmetal.com everything will be up on thejoyofmetal.com we have transcripts uh, i guess the 
all the different listening and uh, fingers crossed viewing options and more information about the album and the band and all that sort of stuff besides all up at thejoyofmetal.com just search the band or the artist name it's kind of your keyword to do it now this part as you may have picked up is the post interview part of the podcast here where i like to ramble on a wee bit maybe give a bit of extra information about the band the album that we're talking about some of their past work whatever the hell else i find interesting um kind of just a wee bit of a free rain section here to okay i get to run my mouth a wee bit where that sort of preamble beforehand was kind of more sort of quick and concise get to the point get the interview out there uh if you're hanging around here probably want a bit more information about the band i don't know maybe you can't be bothered googling it anyway um let's see now so i mentioned that these guys are from finland or i i should have or i alluded to that fact uh the country itself is a hotbed of uh, heavy metal activity we all know this now the band that we're talking about beast in black has only been around since anton formed it since he left his previous band which he also started battle beast now he left that band in 2015 uh, but I guess his path on the long, winding musical career that of his doesn't start didn't start technically until technically uh, two thousand and five or uh, maybe I guess maybe sort of a milestone marker it was two thousand and eleven with the release of of his debut album that he worked on, which was Steel, with uh, Battle Beast, as I mentioned. Now that my understanding is only. Uh, self-release in finland only or independent release i think not too sure about that one but it wasn't until uh, nuclear blast records someone there an a and r guy there got hold of it and essentially propelled them globally i say that because uh, 2012 was when i picked up on them and i was down here in new zealand uh, of course with battle beast the former band uh anton i guess formed out of high school i guess out of uh, school 2005 there now he had a hand in of course their debut steel is the name of it landing at number seven on the charts that was 2012 or so let's say their second album self-titled battle beast uh hit number five on the charts made waves internationally uh belgium swiss german charts as well that was 2013 now his last album with the former band battle beast uh was unholy savior now this was the first Battle Beast record to get to number one on the Finnish charts. Again, granted, other countries as well. Um, but all the previous, all the, all, the previous, all the subsequent albums from Battle Beast have since gone on to hit number one in Finland. Um, but changing gears back to Beast in Black now, his current band, their debut, uh, kind of oddly, or in sort of a mirror fashion hit number seven on the charts much like his original debut um but this one um aside from doing the same in finland as his debut he uh got some international attention as well i guess he's already sort of well established as a musician uh and i think this second one from hell with love also did quite well i haven't seen any stats in it but i think he's probably um got chart placings all around that place i don't know anyway i don't know why i started going over there i'm not i'm not personally a big chart guy um not that i'm against it i'm just not really 
one to sort of rely on. All the best albums sometimes aren't always charting albums. But anyway, in terms of, let's switch gear away, but in terms of the lineup for the band for this album, on top of Anton himself, there is, as I said, he's a songwriter, or co songwriter, I guess, with a friend of his, a guitar player, keyboard, uh, and all around creative drive. If you will, he's, he's got his uh, vocalist, Yanis, from Greece, who himself is a multi-instrumentalist and a, a vocal coach to boot, which I guess explains his impressive chops. He's got a few music uh, music videos, um, YouTube videos of him doing sort of covers of other songs. Uh, and he certainly has some talent, vocally speaking. Uh, now on guitars, there is Kasperi... Haikinen, I think, uh, a fellow Finnish musician. Uh, now, he's, this guy's spent a good amount of time with the Finnish symphonic power metal band Amberian Dawn. If you're a fan of Amberian Dawn, this is where Kasperi, guitar player for that band, has gone. He also spent a couple of years with big-name German act UDO. Uh, and also, if you happen to see, in terms of Beast in Black, Gamma Ray attached as a, an associated actor, whatever. It is through Kasperi where he, he acted as a touring guitarist for a, a year or so or something, or a tour or whatever. Um, I don't think he's a full member, he's just sort of a, on, on tour with him, so uh, if you see that sort of linked up, it's that's the connection there. Now on bass, this is kind of an interesting one, um, Mate, or Mate, Mate, he's from a Hungarian power metal band Wisdom. Now, he was a long-standing, if not founding, member of that band, which appears to have broken up in 2018, unfortunately. But the interesting side of things comes is when Anton uh, was left Battle Beast in 2015, he then moved on to Wisdom, this particular band from Hungary, this power metal band, and in fact worked on uh, their fourth studio album, Rise of the Wise. In 2016, and I guess Mate must have impressed Anton enough that he brought him into the fold of this new band of his, Beast in Black. So there we go. So they've worked together before this band. I think that's one of the, you know, the unique things here with that guy there. But and finally, of course, they have a brand new drummer for this album, Ate. I think I think he's also a, a Finnish musician, and known for his work with Thunderstone and a few other wee bands as well. Um, now, as we mentioned, Beast in Black was born out of Anton's departure from Battle Beast. And when I remember back to it, I don't think him leaving Battle Beast was all that amicable. Now, I don't know the full story. I never really bothered to look into it too much. Uh, I can't remember why I didn't really sort of look into it, you know, check out all the gossip on Blabbermouth, all that sort of stuff. But... Given the results that we have now, uh, two bands, Battle Beast is still going, Beast in Black is, is, is still sort of got his laser focus on, on the sound and, and where he wants to go. So, you know, there we go. End result, either they're just as good or better off without each other, or something, I don't know. Um, so let's not really talk about it. <laughs> That's kind of rehashing all that sort of stuff with two albums down. Not really sort of something to worry about at this point really to be honest now at the moment this is a couple of weeks I realise now since noticing it but I saw these guys on the roster 
for the pre-release uh, lineup for the 2020 Vakan Open Air announcement. This was back when a couple of weeks ago when they had the, um, uh, I think when it's actually the 2019 festival is still going or just wrapping up and they're just released. Um, they're on the verge of releasing their sort of pre-release tickets, which or all the tickets, whatever, which all sold out in about 30 minutes anyway. So one of these days I'm going to get over to a Vakan Open Air and it'll be glorious. Uh, now the band is also featured on various rosters of some of the big festivals around the place, Summer Breeze in Germany, uh, North America as well, Heavy Montreal, uh, and a bunch of others as well, big festivals and stuff like that. Now sort of fittingly enough, I guess when you consider their source material, kind of, I mean they take it fully seriously, um, and a lot of the songs I've seen written in metaphor notes and stuff, but can't help but think when you're writing songs about Japanese manga, touring with the band, I guess sort of headlining, or, or, or touring alongside the UK with Glory Hammer, a band, I guess, tongue full and cheek, I guess makes sense, or is fittingly enough, I don't know, but Europe loves these guys, I think they've had a couple of headlining European tours, which various dates sell out, they've got another one coming up before the end of the year, I think they've been to Russia since now, um, since now. Uh, there's also something, the Metal Weekend over in Japan, which I think has only just happened in the last week or two. I don't know. Um, but it's an interesting idea, and if I ever get the chance to talk to Anton again, maybe a third or fourth album that he puts out, possibly, hopefully, fingers crossed, one thing I'd, I wouldn't mind checking out is just how well, or how, the band is received in a market like Japan, giving that's kind of the birthplace of the band's prime lyrical influence. Be something interesting to find out. And sort of get a, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's very good. A bit more, you know, into it. Um, yeah, I listened to this album many, many times, so I guess i got a bit to say about the things. Um, trying to sell the album to people. But, uh, to be fair, I am a fan, so a lot of Anton's work is in my sort of regular, uh, re-listen rotation or whatever, I don't know. But, um, I just sort of, as a rundown of the album, I, at the end of it, I think the most sort of notable things, uh, just from the once-over, uh, from a, a, a standard sort of metal head point of view, is that I do do a superb rendition of Motorhead's Killed by Death, in my mind. Um, I'm... Not one to shy away from a cover, but I'm one to, at the same time, be kind of critical of a cover. And, and do we need to do this kind of thing? But I think they, they they do perfectly add their bit of their own kind of flair, their sort of beast and black flair to the classic track, while keeping true to the original spirit of it. Um, you know, they kind of take the original song seriously while adding their own We. Uh, things to it, which is good, I think, I think it's quite a cool track, um, but in show of the band's range, or certainly the vocalist, or whatever, they, they also cover No Easy Way Out, this originally was by Robert Tepper, and the song is probably, as far as I'm aware, best known for its inclusion on the 1985 Rocky IV soundtrack, it's not to be confused by the uh, Ozzy Osbourne track of the same name, and when I saw that, when I, when I saw the name of it, like, 
for some reason I haven't uh, sort of restraining the urge to bring up Zach Wild for some reason I, there's no explaining it I don't know why Ozzy Osbourne I know Zach Wild worked on the album uh, that track I mean but anyway sort of going to the album overall you got the album opener uh, Cry Out for a Hero kind of hits the ground running it's sort of one of the several high energy kind of monster tracks I've got going on uh, the sort of chorus section or whatever sort of bears in mind a bit of sort of the of a larger crowd kind of participation kind of deal with the you know echo of the hero and stuff like that. Okay, it has that sort of anthemic feel about it um next two tracks from hell with love and sweet true lies uh you can check out now with their own music videos it's when the 80s retro flair kind of sound influence really sort of uh kicks into high gear a wee bit uh, kind of i guess it same time it, that kind of influence tempers the the metal edge on the songs a wee bit you can't sort of be too sort of gloriously modern uh, heavy metal when you're um harking back to the 80s uh, although the songs like uh, repentless and uh, die by the blade after it, it sort of brings it back into um into to the metal side of things again um but then suddenly we've got Ocean Deep. Now six out of the track, it's kind of halfway in the album, so I guess it's sort of an album splitter. It's full of flutes, full of falsetto, and I guess it acts as the band's kind of quasi ballad or whatever you want to say. Uh, and it's sort of, it is definitely um, that sort of more emotional or rather sort of melancholic kind of sounding track. Although to be fair, it does pick up, it slowly picks up. I mean, it's it's just shy of six minutes long, I think, from memory. And by the time you sort of get two-thirds most of the way through, at least by four minutes in, basically full-blown back into the full swing of high-energy bass and black, ready for the next couple of tracks. Um, which is uh, Unlimited Sin. It's the name of the track of the next side. And we're sort of back on form. With that one, True Believer, on the other side of that, following that, is kind of interesting to note because... To me, it's got a bit of a Steel Panther sound about it. That's kind of funny, but it's not following the Steel Panther, necessarily the Steel Panther lyrical route. No pun intended. But the uh, innuendo and all that sort of stuff isn't sort of looked at. It's just the sound of it, the vocals and the guitar. Everything just sort of it just sounds like a clean Steel Panther track. So that's probably one solid kind of anchor into people's mind and so what this sort of band kind of sounds like because end of the day as much as uh still panther will, will, will i haven't kept up with them recently to be honest but i do know with all the sort of um the sort of eight the gimmick in the 80s retro and stuff like that they are talented in their own right very talented in their own right uh with all the dirty things they sing about um but yeah, I thought that was a funny one. They sort of got that very sort of strong feeling of Steel Panther. You know what I mean? Anyway, so after this, though, um, the next three songs, This Is War, uh, Heart of Steel, and No Surrender. Last three tracks are original tracks in the album before going to the covers, but these are sort of, they're all very sort of boisterous tracks befitting of their song titles. Uh, I think I've seen reviews online, just generally speaking, through in some sort of Sipaton analogy, whether about this album or previous ones, I don't know. 
but I guess it's these tracks. I mean, apart from the vocals, of course, you can't talk about Sabaton and separate that way Joachim's vocals there. It's impossible, I think. You simply cannot. But the kind of nature of the songs, like I mentioned, it's probably the closest thing you're going to get to a Sabaton-type feel, certainly with the Beast in Black. Um, so yeah, and then it sort of covers to round the album off with quite nicely, if I do say so myself. Now, for new fans, for new guys, if you're out there wanting to get into these guys, Anton himself has been pretty consistent, relatively speaking, with his direction, his musical direction, I think, over the course of his career. 2012, with Steel, with his previous band Battle Beast, he sort of hit the ground running. Uh, I mean, with this album from Hell With Love, does have a bit more of an 80s flair about it, and potentially not as hard-hitting as as this band's debut, the Berserker from 2017. Um, But basically... Jumping into any Battle Beast album from, uh, of the first three ones that I mentioned, Steel, Steel Self Titled, or The Unholy Savior for 2015, anything prior to 2015, uh, or any of the two Beast and Black records here, I think basically you're all good. You're in sort of good hands. But if you're, um, I want to check a few things out before jumping in, before committing to streaming some albums somewhere. Um, I got a few albums out albums out uh, they got a few obviously albums they got a few music videos out um, and as I kind of mentioned with my sort of album run through it does um, the sort of the vibe of each track the sort of feeling of each track sort of meanders a wee bit it's, it's not uh, one solid slab uh, you know of sort of power metal sledgehammering away it does it does sort of um have a lot of variety of what's going on so some of the music videos especially with with uh beast and black probably a bit more um on the nicer side of things less less sort of harsh potentially but you know like i said with um from health love and sweet true lies there's sort of the more of the um more of the sound the music video a bit better uh, but it gives you an idea, and it sort of touches on what some of the, some of the sort of um, aspects of the band that you might sort of pick up on and enjoy. But uh, yeah, no, there you go. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to this point. I imagine exactly zero people are probably listening at this point. But um, like I mentioned, uh, joyofmetal.com, everything is going to be moving over, transitioning over to thejoyofmetal.com. We're going to be gathering up all our past, all of my past. Uh, interviews it's been a long process trying to dig some of these things out because Jesus what was I thinking some of these times and putting them into folders where I don't know where they are and uh, got a great stack of them on CDs and who has a CD player these days I certainly don't um, but luckily there's good fodder for many many future podcast episodes Skulls of Wrath on thejoyofmetal.com thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time